Welcome to episode 30 of the Preacher Main podcast with Jamal Brown. And I just want to get right into this. Um, it seems the closer we get to the end, everything that God calls good or he loves or think has been is beneficial for us to be doing. It seems to be getting watered down uh, by the world standards and really diluted to something that it shouldn't be or was never designed to be. The majority of people believe marriage is all about love, peace and living happily ever after. And that is true to a degree. But really, if you want to look at it from a biblical or even a practical standpoint, marriage is more about applying and sustaining through intense pressure. It's a scientific fact that pressure makes diamonds. It takes highly concentrated pressure to make a diamond. But that doesn't mean much to us because all we see is the beautiful finished product, which is shiny and everyone wants to have one. A marriage has the opportunity to become a high quality diamond only if those involved are willing to go through the pressure. Social media and TV shows do a great job of highlighting what looks like a finished product, but really they're just moments in time taken during the pressure journey. Most of the times when we see real happy, peaceful marriages, we don't consider the time, experience or pressure it took to get to that point. All we know is that's that's what we want. But are we willing to go through the same type of pressure or worse in order to have it? Everyone has a honeymoon phase in dating and maybe the first few years in a marriage. But then the pressure comes, whether that's in the form of having a kid, getting a new job, mortgage, a loss of a significant family member, friend or whatever. Or it could be like just growth as a person, viewing things a little different. Whatever it is, you'll likely spend more time in the beginning on the journey sustaining through pressure than experiencing the destination of what we recognize as love, peace and living happily ever after. I know nobody wants to hear that because that could mean waiting an extended amount of time before you get to the destination. Like, unfortunately, a lot of marriages fail during the journey of pressure for various reasons. And every situation is not the same. But I want to highlight one of the key reasons why I believe couples get divorced. One of the reasons the divorce rate has been so high over the last decade plus is because either one or both individuals expect the other to fill in a gap or hole that only God is able to fulfill. The goal is for two whole individuals to come together, not two halves. The priority for both partners should be to enhance what's already whole, not fulfill what's been missing or what's not there. The latter is what the world tells us marriage should be about. She's what's been missing in my life. He's what's been missing in my life. This person completes me. They make me feel whole. I am nothing without you. All sound good on Hallmark cards, but this is not God's best or what he intended marriage to be founded on. Marriage is a challenge by itself without adding anything else to it because you have two different personalities and more likely two different thought processes of doing things. There will automatically be friction because those things will eventually clash. Some more than others, but it's how you communicate and try to compromise that will help ease some of that tension. Now, add to what I just said, add to that plate a job to fill in a gap or a hole that your significant other wasn't responsible for. Now, that brings a whole other level of stress and anxiety that shouldn't be there and puts unnecessary weight on a marriage. Somebody else does all the groundwork in regard to creating that gap or hole 
whether that was during childhood, adolescence or being a young adult. But then the person we pledge our life to either conveniently gets the majority of the blame or the majority of the responsibility to appease it, even though they weren't the reason it was created in the first place. This happens all the time in sports. A coach gets an opportunity to coach a professional sports team, whatever your team is, mine's the Grizzlies, Cowboys, you know. But on the flip side, they inherit a poorly ran organization and a bad collection of players. And instead of allowing that new coach to freely add the staff, players and other necessary administration needed to succeed, they basically let that coach deal with the mess that they had no responsibility in creating. So even though the organization was trash when he got there, they expect him to work magic and fix what was already broken. And when that doesn't happen, that coach then gets unfairly tagged as not being able to do his job. But in reality, he can do his job and probably do it very well if given a fair shot. But he was tasked with catering to and trying to appease issues that he had nothing to do with making. That coach had an extra amount of stress and anxiety to deal with that should have never been there. That's if the goal was for it to be a success from the jump. The key differences with that in a marriage is that a professional sports coach gets paid handsomely for their troubles and anxieties, like millions at that. So you can deal with that if you're dealing with all this anxiety, stress, being a coach, but you get 20, 30 million out of it. Like, yeah, you got it, but you, you know, you can deal with it. While a bad marriage that doesn't work, you end up paying handsomely on the negative end with your pockets and emotions. I heard the late great Miles Monroe say that you should get married because you have so much surplus access to give someone else, not get married because you are starving or craving for something. He also said you're not ready to live with someone else until you can live with yourself. In Ephesians 5, God models the marriage relationship after Christ and the church. We read Ephesians 5, verses 21 through 27 in the NLT, New Living. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husband as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands and everything. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. Now, in those verses, we're dealing with two whole pieces here, Christ and the church. One enhances the other. They work in great cohesion with each other, kind of like a megazord. They don't fill in gaps or holes. They enhance what's already available. See, my oldest son, EJ, is into the Power Rangers, and he loves the part of the show where all five Power Ranger dinosaurs form into one and make a megazord. When they make the Megazord, the goal is not to fill in any gaps, but to enhance what's already whole to form a super team. That's what a marriage is supposed to be, a super team. Two whole pieces. Let's go back to sports again. In basketball, the thing today is forming super teams like LeBron, D. Wade, and Bosh in Miami. KG, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen in Boston. Steph, Clay, and KD in Golden State. They were called super teams because those three individual players in those squads had it all. 
they would be what you would call in regard to this subject in this episode, whole NBA players. They were either great or sound in all the important facets of the game. And when they came together, they enhanced each other because there were no gaps to fill in the first place. I want to go to 1 Corinthians 7 verses 32 through 35. New Living. I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. His interests are divided. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. I am not saying this for your I am saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. Reading those verses, the context of that chapter in the heart of Paul throughout the New Testament, you know, he is not saying marriage is bad or not beneficial. He's just pointing out the concerns that will come along with it. Also, the distractions he mentioned, I believe, are things that are unnecessary and shouldn't be added to an institution of marriage that already comes with a list of challenges before you even enter it. And the concerns he spoke about has to do with what I mentioned earlier with personalities and a different process of doing things. This is just normal male to female interaction. There's nothing <laughs> crazy about that. You know, and that will always be there, even with two whole individuals. The concept that men are from Mars and women are from Venus is real from a basic foundational perspective. Me pleasing my wife will require me to do things I'd rather not do and away sometimes from things I need to do and vice versa. It goes both ways. But pleasing, quote unquote, pleasing goes into trying to fill a gap that's internal where we're looking for excessive attention, approval or self-esteem. And that's adding unnecessary weight. I want my wife on occasion to say she appreciates me and like how I look and smell. But if I start requiring and demanding it often, then what may seem like a pleasing moment for me is really a gap filler of something I may be I may be missing. If for whatever reason I haven't heard that in a while from my wife, I need to be separate enough, whole enough and confident in myself as an individual and who God has called me to be without blaming her for falling short on something that's more of an inside job on my part. Of course, this is where communication comes in and that situation. I would need to communicate to her how I'm feeling about that because everybody has their own insecurities and stuff we struggle with, but we should never put those burdens as a responsibility for our spouse to appease, especially if we had those before they came into the picture. Marriage is more of a magnifier than a cover up. Whatever we may try to hide or keep hidden by getting married will magnify even more as a marriage continues. And let me be on the record saying this because I've been pretty straightforward on this episode with little to no sugarcoating. Being whole is not being perfect. Saying all the right things or having all the answers. Being whole is simply knowing and loving yourself, even if nobody else does. Let me say that again. Being whole is not being perfect saying all the right things or having all the right answers. Being whole is simply knowing and loving yourself, even if nobody else does. This subject can go on forever because 
especially with the opposite sex. So this is something I may revisit with a guest sometime in the future or maybe even on my other podcast. We'll see. And again, you all, thank you all for listening. Please like this episode and podcast. And until next time, salute.